Well, good morning, Shepherd of the Valley. We want to say hello to those that are in person with us and for those watching online or at a later time. We are glad you are with us today. Just a heads up, if you are in service or you're viewing the whole thing, you may wonder like, hey, there's a fair amount of Sam today. That's because our lead pastor, Jeremy, um, got sick and he is recovering at home. Luckily, I, did, I was scheduled to give the sermon, so I am prepped on this portion, although maybe I should have left that out just in case it didn't go well today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to wish you guys a happy new year. Happy new year. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to be with you today. We are celebrating on excellent Christmas Eve and Christmas Day services. We had over 2,000 people physically in the building and over 600 viewed online, which is getting awfully close to pre-COVID numbers. Can you give yourselves a hand, everybody? Yeah. Nice golf clap. Well, uh, that's fine because it's really not about the numbers. It's about the names tied to faces, tied to human beings, and this um, this week, I was able to visit one of my new friends, Del. Uh, you'll find him on the screen. I got to know Del when his wife passed away earlier this year. He had turned 91, and on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, he was in the hospital. And their family showed me this photo, and he was able to join us online so he could see his daughter sing in the choir, to sing songs together with us, to hear a message of peace. He even um, joined us with the breath prayer, if you remember that, which is kind of a special moment uh, as their family were with us. And so I just say that to say that it's always a great reminder to know, church, that there are so many people, many more of us that aren't just here in person for whatever reason. So can we just acknowledge those that are joining us online today? Yeah. We want you to know that we're for you, that we're with you, that we see you. Let us know if there's any way that we can continue to be of help to you. Now, today is an interesting day. It's not only New Year's Eve, but we also close a series. We've been in this year-long journey talking about what it means to live in this, this theme of a blessing and a curse. It's fun to be mean today because I close out the series, and last January, I started the series, and so I had to dig up my notes because I don't memorize and remember every sermon. Can you believe it, church? And so as we explored this theme of blessing, um, we looked at Genesis chapter 1, and we learned this, that blessing is not something we have to reach for. It's something that God says we already are. He says that we are blessed before we do or say anything. In a world that tells us that blessing is based on what we have or what we do or who we know, God says we're already blessed as we are. What happened in page three of the Bible, if you recall, although God's people were blessed, Adam and Eve chose to choose to reach for blessing on their own terms. That is really what's going on when Adam grabs the, and Eve grab the apple and they eat of it, is they're trying to seize blessing on their own terms. And of course, that makes a mess of the rest of the story of the Bible. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look one last time at how a, a prophecy in, in Isaiah point to how the blessing will be fulfilled through a person. Somehow a, uh, in the midst of a curse, there will be a reverse that comes through one human. I bet you can say who it is, whether you've been in church a long time or not. Let's just say it together, bold and proud. One, two, three. That's right, the answer is Jesus 97% of the time in church. Very good. Isaiah chapter 9 makes this 
prophecy. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Today we're going to zoom in on the idea of Everlasting Father, which is, I think, a great time of year to do so. And in New Year's Eve, when our eyes and our attention move towards the turn of a new year, you've maybe heard the phrase, New Year, New You. Have you heard that phrase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, today we're going to learn something different because the truth and the good news is it might be a new year, but we have the same everlasting Father. Can I get a good amen for that, church? Yeah, that's good news. When I thought of that, I was like, bam, that's what it is right there. Um, You don't have to raise a hand, but have you ever witnessed a child or a human making a mountain out of a molehill? You know what I'm talking about? Making a bigger deal of something than they should? Yeah, zoom into the last few weeks of all of us parents with our kids at home. Now I understand that song, like when mom and dad are waiting for their kids to go back to school. <laughs> Whatever that stupid Christmas song is, I'm getting the lyrics messed up. But you know what I'm talking about. Emotional meltdowns have been the case at our family. I'm going to keep the names out so that none of my kids have to experience any shame. But I'm just going to point you into three different emotional meltdowns that had taken place in our little neck of the woods. For one of my children, they literally had emotional meltdown when their pants were too short. (laughs) One of my children lost something and had a complete meltdown. And then one of my favorites, uh, we asked them to bring the vacuum downstairs and uh, they freaked out and lost it as if we had just administered the most outrageous thing of all time. It was even downstairs, not even upstairs. You know what I'm talking about. Of course, you, think, you would think the world had ended, but we know that the reason for the emotional meltdown is because of a lack of perspective, yes? It's like, it's going to be okay. Like, calm down. But the kids show us things on a small scale that we are true for us as well. Our emotions are often tied to things in the short term, the here and the now, that maybe, just maybe, lack some perspective. I'm not going to downplay anyone's pain or frustration or your own uh, you know, mental, uh, emotional meltdown, but I'm guessing if we zoom in close enough that we will acknowledge that it has some sort of lack of longevity or perspective to it. And as we come to, once again, the Isaiah passage today, in Isaiah chapter 9, you have the enemy in the nation of Israel barrowing down on them, and they are coming to take them out, which I think is a significant problem on their hands. And they look to heaven, and they're hoping that God would show up in the form of a ruler that would then pave the way for them. Unfortunately, what is promised in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, is an everlasting father. So what's on the brain for God of heaven is not just a kingdom that's here and now, but a kingdom that will last forever. And so he's doing something in the long haul. I don't know about you, but sometimes we get stuck in smaller stories and our perspective can be pretty short-lived. I want to illustrate this idea today, but my invitation for you and I in this new year is not a new year, new you, but a new year, new view. 
that we have an everlasting father that invites us into a different view, a larger perspective, if we can hang on for the ride, that although we might have what the Bible says, a light and momentary troubles, that he is working a plan that's bigger and wider, that he acknowledges the pain we're in and will grieve with us, and he'll say, hang on. I grabbed this illustration from a a pastor named uh, Francis Chan from years ago, and I want to bring it to the table today. I want you to imagine that this rope uh, represents the timeline of eternity, okay? Although the rope is tied to the edge of the stage, look at you guys so interested in how I did this really fancy contraption here. (laughs) Whether you get too distracted or not, just imagine that goes on forever, and it circles the globe time and time and time again. That represents eternity. And I want you to notice this little bit right here, the black piece of tape. This represents your life. This represents our short stint on the planet. And I don't know about you, but for me, I get ever so focused on this little piece that I fail to remember eternity that I get focused on these light and momentary comforts that keep me trapped in thinking about small stories and small perspective. I don't know about you, but in the middle of my tape, I'm thinking about saving and saving and saving for the one moment in time that I can spend it and enjoy it into retirement. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. What I am saying, doesn't it seem a little bit silly in light of eternity for us to stockpile everything that we have for this just one little sliver rather than participating with God for what he wants to do for all of eternity in and through us? What would it look like, church, for you and I to have a larger perspective, new year, new view, an eternal kind of perspective that keeps us with the whole vision in mind. Everything that we enjoyed and purchased this year won't last forever, but there are some things that are eternal. The relationships that we have and that we foster, our relationship with God, the way in which we utilize all our resources can be what we spend here and now or can be used further into eternity with how we live our life. You may or may not want to write this down or ponder this thought. Eternity is a long time, but it's not far away. Eternity is a long time, but it's not far away, my friends. You may have heard the adage, If Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. I really like that phrase because what it does is is it sucks us into the now, the temporary, while forgetting the eternal. And I wonder what it would look like for us to have a larger view, a new view this year. There's a, a woman named Florence Chadwick who was the first woman on record in 1950 to swim the English Channel. It was an incredible feat, 15 plus miles from one end to the other. And she set her sights on her new challenge to swim from uh, Catalina Island to the main coast of California 
18 plus miles, around 20 miles, I think. Something of that nature. So she set out to swim the entire thing. She's swimming and she's swimming. And, and the challenge of that body of water is, is it goes through different temperatures. It'll change like on a dime to super cold temperatures. The current can change while they're swimming. And she's fighting through and she's going through. And the problem that day was there was a fog. So she could not see in front of her. And so there she is struggling and going and going. And her mom urged her to keep going. You're not too far away, but she gave up with just a half mile to go. All because of the fog. She is uh, quoted as saying, I think if I could have seen the shore, I would have made it. This swimmer who, who has swam approximately that same distance before was then clouded by the fog and did not finish her mission that day. I wonder what it would look like, church, for us to not be bogged down or in some sort of fog that keeps us from thinking about eternity. That we would have the eternal perspective in mind as we live the day to day to day. Psalms 90 says this, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. There is wisdom in counting our days and to acknowledging that we're not here forever. In so doing, it allows us to be in the moment, in the present, and invest in the right things. I wonder, church, in light of eternity, what would it look like with a new view this year to prioritize the right things, to prioritize your relationship with God in a way that maybe has been neglected? And you're like, this is the year. A new view says, you don't do it because you have to. You do it because it's the wise thing to do. Maybe in this new year, we consider the relationships that really matter. I, for me, honestly, I'm thinking about all the time that I might get distracted scrolling on my phone with my kids who the moments are counting down that will not be with me under my roof at some point, Lord willing, um, won't be under my roof anymore. What does it look like for me to have an eternal perspective to say, you know what, they're not always going to be under my roof. What does it look like for me to invest in those relationships here and now? Some of you have seen your, your kids go off to college or the workplace and beyond. What does it look like for you to still stay connected, thinking about the long term? What does it look like for you to invest your time and your finances in such a way that you're not only just planning for this part, but you're planning for eternity and how you invest in kingdom kind of things? The kingdom kind of things are the things that, that, that were important to the life of God and the life of Jesus. When we prioritize the kingdom kind of things, then, then we're investing in the right place. This year, may we have not a new you. You don't need a new you. You've tried that. Perhaps what you simply need is a new view of eternity. In addition, he's the everlasting father. So if you are taking notes, uh, a new view would, would point us to an eternal perspective. And secondly, it the everlasting father points us to an unwaveringly stable God. Unwaveringly stable. We're all too aware that life is rather unstable, don't we? 
Oh boy, you're sleeping on me, we're done. <laughs> or maybe you're just so focused, you're, you're in it. How many of you know we live in an unstable world? Our mental health, our emotions are unstable. You know, I was talking about my kids, but isn't that the case for all of us that we can be unstable like that? The world is rather unstable. Financially, it's rather unstable at times. And it's nice to know that there's something, there's someone that's unwaveringly stable to turn to. Before we look at the person of Jesus, it will make more sense if I set this scene up. There's the time in the nation of Israel that was the most unstable time for the nation in biblical times. They had just been sent off to exile, and now some of them are able to come back. And so an unknown author put pen to paper, and he wrote what's called, as we've been talking about this morning, if you were part of the full service, the laments, these moments where they're grieving with their whole heart to God because God can actually handle it that they don't need some nice, clean Twitter phrase to make them feel better, that, but they are literally in the pain and they're wondering where God is. And this lament comes in the final chapter and here's what it says. Lamentations chapter five, verse three. We are orphaned and fatherless. Our mothers are widowed. They had felt completely abandoned by God. They felt like orphans that they had no safety, no security, no strength, no provision, no sense of future at all. And it's in that place that they look to heaven and say, God, where are you? And it seems as though the chapter ends with not a definitive, but you, O Lord, are with us. It ends with a, and I don't know if you're going to show up. Feel free to read Lamentations chapter five this week said no preacher ever. <laughs> it ends with like, I don't know what's going to happen. And it's like a big long asterisk, dot, dot, oh, asterisk is that star. Uh, ellipsis, maybe? Yeah? Dot, dot, dot? Yeah. English, epic. Dot, 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 dot. You know what I'm saying? It goes on and the tension is there. And they don't know how God's going to answer it until the prophecy comes true. And Jesus steps onto the pages of history and he's with his disciples and he's giving them his, their, his final words to them. And they're concerned. He, Jesus is saying, I got to go. I'm going to leave. And they're like, no, you're the best thing that's ever happened to us. Don't leave. And Jesus is having this conversation with them within days of him giving his life on the planet, uh, on the cross. And in John chapter 14, look at what it says. I will not leave you as orphans. This isn't accidental. Jesus is answering the question that the Old Testament followers of God were wondering. Will you come through? Because we feel like you've abandoned us as orphans. And Jesus says, in the midst of their wondering and unknown questions, what's going to happen? He says, you will not be orphans because I'm coming to you. Man, I'm preaching right in the middle of the verse. We got to get back to it. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in them, my father, and you are in me, and I am in me, in you. You want to know what the father is like? 
He's here in the person of Jesus. You want to know what love is like? It's here in Jesus. You want to know what the unwaveringly stable God looks like? It's here. Do you ever feel abandoned or lost or left out or on the outskirts? God comes to you and he says, I'm here. He is the everlasting father. You see, Jesus is father-like, but he's not God the father. I just want to make that description and that, that clarification for those who are like, wait, what everlasting father? I thought Jesus was the son. Jesus steps onto the pages of history to show the world what the father is like. So Jesus is not the role of God the Father. He is father-like, pointing to the character of his heavenly father. And he says, you might feel like orphans, like left left alone, but I am here and I'm coming. And not only will I leave you alone, but I'll give you the Holy Spirit so that you will never be alone again. I love the story of Jason and Travis Kelsey. Forgive me another football analogy. If you're with us two weeks ago, you're like ready to gag if you don't like football, but... I'm sorry, church. Like, sorry, not sorry, you know? Um, Travis and Jason Kelsey played on opposite teams in the Super Bowl last year. So you can imagine both the excitement and the tension within that family. As mom and dad look on, they're inevitably going to witness one son win and one son lose. And so they were interviewing the parents. And they've interviewed Ed Kelsey, the dad of Travis and Jason. And they said, who are you going to go to first? And Ed said, well, I'm guessing the loser is going to feel pretty crummy. That's his words, quote. But I want to be with him. I want to be with him. There's something about the compassionate love of a father that wants to come close to those that are hurting, that feel lost or abandoned or in a hardship. And I'm here to report today that Jesus is not a reflection of a good father, like that moment for Ed Kelsey, but he's the perfection of your heavenly father. God has the ability in his love and compassion to celebrate with the sons and daughters on this planet who are going through a good time and who are able to weep with us who are weeping and in a hardship. He is the perfect reflection of our heavenly father. So when you see Jesus in the pages of scripture, you see God. When he, he literally says, when you've seen me, you've seen the father. Jesus is the perfect perfection and reflection of the God of the universe who says, if you've seen me, you've seen love. So he's not too busy for you. He does not disappoint. He does not abused. He does not neglect. He is the ultimate father you can trust because he always keeps his promises. He always comes close. He always is there for wisdom and resource when you need him. This is our heavenly father. He comes in the person of the everlasting, uh, the everlasting father and his name is Jesus. You don't need a new you this year. You need a new view with an eternal perspective, with the vision of an unwavering, stable father who comes in the person of Jesus.
to walk with you with whatever you're going through. This is the good news is here. If some of any of you crazies make it to midnight, may you cheers to not a new year, new you, but happy new view. That's so corny and so good. <laughs> happy new view, church. Amen. Amen. Would you join me in praying? Father, we thank you that you came into this world as a baby to grow up, to show us that you have a kingdom that's much better and much larger than anything we could establish on this earth. But you are establishing an everlasting kingdom because you are the everlasting God and you come in the form of a son to show us what the father is like. If there's anyone in this space today, both online and in person, who is hoping for a new them this year, may they replace some concept of a new me with a new view of who you are. May you come close to the brokenhearted. May you encourage and resource every one of your children in the way that you see fit. May we never lose perspective that eternity is a long time, but it's not far away. And you're doing something in and through us here and now. And you're available for anything that we need. Amen. We're going to move into a moment of supplication. It's a fancy word of asking. We have a good, good father who is available and wants to uh, show up in your life. So as we look forward to the new year, perhaps you have some hopes and dreams. Perhaps you have some fears and challenges. We invite you in this moment to bring that to the everlasting father, the one who wants to walk with you. So let's just take a moment to consider with supplication those prayers that are on our heart that we would request of our heavenly father, our hopes, our dreams, our fears, our concerns. Let's do that now. Mm -hmm. 